You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It. The show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed. The show where you can come to discover the best things you never knew existed. And the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. My name is Koji. I am a part-time, I'm just part-time late putting up podcasts. Not putting up, recording, I guess. I don't know. I've just been... A lot going on. Pretty busy. And... uh full-time midlife crisis and with me as always is my good friend and uh raptors masochist andrew patterson they should have won tonight they definitely should have won tonight they had a large lead that they uh, should i mean they should have won the last two times but like last time washington played really well but last today they just played poorly it wasn't good i would say that Game three was Washington playing exceptionally well, mm-hmm. and the Raptors just couldn't. They took they took the took a beating like they just couldn't take the punch. But then tonight was less Washington playing exceptionally well and more the Raptors just playing very poorly. But yeah, uh, I'm I am generally the the most frustrating. Well, there are so many frustrating things about it, but I'm generally like a I consider myself more of an an optimist sports fan. I'm not the type of like you know like I don't know. I get it. I think it's more common that people are very critical, even of the teams they love. Right. Like maybe you know, especially of yeah, where it's just like they're like, oh, it's brutal. Like they can't, they can't do it. They can't stand. You know, I'm always yeah. like, no, man, they're good. Like, don't worry about it. But my confidence, you know, yeah, has been has been flapped a little bit by these last two games. We need some of that game two magic, just like literally doing everything right. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I don't know. I. I don't know. Let's not talk about it anymore. Hmm. I've been think, thought about it all the way over here. I was just like, what is it? What is happening? Yeah. Well, the Leafs have an opposite problem. They're just always playing poorly and then somehow Until the last possible second. eke out victory from the jaws of defeat. But we'll see if they can keep it up because they got to win two more in a row. Um, anyway, on to the material for the week, the media, if you will. Uh, our hidden gem for this week is the Blade of the Immortal. Live action adaptation of Blade of the Immortal. Yes. And very long running manga. You gotta love it is Numanji or Jumanji the second. Uh Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. Exactly. Welcome to the Jungle indeed. Um but yeah, so we'll start with Blade of the Immortal. Uh shout out to the newest podcast on the podcast network um for suggesting this this comes to us from this broken mixtape hosts saying that this is a movie we must see and see it we did Mm -hmm. uh directed by takeshi Mike. um you know the guy who did like ichi the killer oh yeah yeah and um we we did one of his other movies on the show assassins yeah 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 uh so if you are familiar with his work this is kind of in that same vein, just samurai hyperviolence. Um, yeah. The synopsis essentially is there is a swordsman who is cursed to 
I guess live for not live forever, but like be immortal. Heal. He's unkillable. Yeah. And so every time he gets, like he's a all, he also I think lives forever because the story jumps like fifty two years and he looks exactly the same. Right. Uh, he, he well he kind of lives forever, but you find out later that immortals maybe aren't as immortal as you think. But mm. um, that doesn't mean that he dies. By the way, I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah. Or um, yeah, you know, I know. But like, he gets his arm cut off, as an example, and these like worms come out of him and like sew his flesh back together. S- sacred blood worms. Yeah. yeah. So that is essentially the main character, or one of the main characters in the movie, and he runs into a girl whose entire family is slaughtered, a young girl who is seeking revenge for her family, and she kind of ropes him into this whole journey, mm. and he, he's, he's on a quest. Yeah, he's up against a school of like a samurai school i guess that whose only uh mandate is that they must win uh and that like to put it into like context most other samurai schools at the time taught a specific style so it was like Mm -hmm. you know not only sword fighting but sword fighting in this specific style Mm -hmm. or maybe it was like uh you know uh i can't think of another weapon right now but um whatever like bow bow staff mm-hmm. in a specific style mm-hmm. but these guys are like fuck it use whatever weapons you want we'll Tetsubo. teach you how to fight and uh giant club yeah did you uh, is it explicitly mentioned in the movie that to break the curse he needs to kill a thousand he needs to kill like a thousand evil men i think is the story that's like the original i don't the, know the comics but, like after he becomes cursed and he yeah. doesn't want to live forever so he's like okay well i guess i gotta and then this is they're like arcs, yeah. Not that I've I've like barely d- jumped into the comic, but it's just is I think it went on for like twenty years. But they call him like Thousand Men Hunter. I can't remember. Okay. So I it's mean, definitely condensed. The movie is consolidated from the arcs. I think that are in the in the books. Well, absolutely. I, and, and I enjoyed the movie very much, and it's very much uh, like Japanese movie mm-hmm. in that like there's a a lot about honor and there's like you know gun samurai code is like yeah all throughout this movie it's crazy and gunpowder makes like a quick uh appearance and they're like fucking gunpowder these like these like scoundrels you know because like it's always like and like somehow the government comes into it and they're just like oh the government's trying to take over like that's very much the like samurai edo period you know all the like tropes of those types of movies Mm -hmm. but it did feel like the movie was on fast forward yeah which i feel like so the what i one of the things i actually really liked about this movie is it hit all of the same nostalgia notes that like any anime reminded me of like a ninja scroll or yeah you know like because you could tell i imagine if you read every every issue of the manga yeah i feel like what would happen is like you know the first arc I mean, what we might refer to as an arc here, you know, like a bunch of issues would be about them finding the guy with the heads on his shoulders, right? Right. And then there's a showdown with him. And then between him and the next guy, you would uh, you would think you could picture there would be like a bunch of like low level thugs. And then like this guy's like, oh, I've been like hunting you since you killed the last guy, you know? Yeah. But in the movie, they basically just, because they only have like two and a half hours, because yeah. it's a pretty long movie. But it's like ba- boss fight to boss yeah, fight. Yeah, they just thread together the, the important encounters and not like the in-betweens where he's, you know, instead of killing like eight people, like eight badass guys, you see him literally kill all of the thousand people. 
or a thousand evil men. But I really like that about it because I guess it's just been a long time, probably even more so than 13 Assassins since I've watched a live action movie that it did feel very true to like an anime feeling like the, like the, yeah. So I think 13 Assassins is more like samurai film. Right. No, absolutely. And this is like definitely anime. Yeah. Like the hit, like even, but the costumes, like everything was so well done. It felt like a well executed live action version of like, I really liked the, uh, it could not have been more anime esque when he's uh, in the forest at that place where they're getting tea and the other immortal guy or whatever. The oh, monk, yeah, comes yeah. With the monk with the basket and he's just like, oh, it's an interesting map you're looking at there. And everything from like the shot, the way the shots were done, like at first you can see him out of focus walking and the camera's slowly like panning. Yeah. And the guy's just like sitting lazily looking at this map down to like the guy the way the way the guy spoke like his voice you know it's they sound like anime characters the way they talk like oh totally there's like a, a tone difference than uh you know in other japanese language film where the people just talk like actor like they talk like people like that guy had this sort of very low cadence to it like very slow and he and then like he takes off the basket like everything about that i was like oh this is like an episode of an anime right here. Like these yeah. guys, you know, and then they're not looking at each other, just sitting on that bench talking. Even the musical so cues, I think. Oh man, it was great. And yeah. I, I think that's probably a better way to look at it. Like, I guess I had 13 assassins in my head when I was watching this movie and I was just like, this movie's f- crazy. Yeah. Like, it's just like all this shit is happening at once. But if you look at it as an anime minus the filler episodes, mm-hmm. it makes way more sense. So good. The part I liked the, uh, it kind of set me up for like, it's, even the turn with the girl, uh, spoiler alert, by the way, uh, there's a point where this girl is, he's talking to this girl or they're fighting actually. And then she's like, I can't do this. Like, this isn't who I am. Sometimes I just get mixed up and then she like disappears, but then comes back later and you're like, what? You just disappeared. But like now realizing like, oh shit. Okay. Like in the context of an anime that is slightly longer, it makes way more sense. Yeah. And I think that, uh, there's lots of things that we want to see adapted in this way almost, you know, like we recently saw ready player one Yeah, and the way that they, cut the things they cut out and the decisions they made to adapt it to film. I feel like there was a lot of things where it was like, Oh, why was this not in there? But watching this film, it just feels, even though I'm not like, I haven't read all the manga, you know, I'm not like a diehard fan. Maybe they felt differently, but looking at it, it felt there's an authenticity there to like the, you know, even the, like that, like I was saying, the makeup and the costumes, like the, uh, I just can't remember the, all the character names, but the guy that has like the burned skin around his eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who has, there's a character who has like the decapitated heads of, well, to at least two of his victims. Yeah. Like impaled on sort of his shoulder pauldrons of his armor, but they're like wrapped in like fabric. So you can't see that, you can tell that they're heads. They look like heads, but they're wrapped in this white, stained like unstained cloth like yeah. just clean cloth with like a with rope, the tied rope around it yeah. so that you can't see the faces and he just looks like you're playing like Onimusha or something you know like some yeah. sort of like samurai video game and you're that's like the fir- low level first boss kind of like well the entire demonic time. and haunted about him but you're not quite sure what and then like he when he's like oh yeah and he like 
unveils part of the cloth and yeah. it's like a head and the head's like talking. I was like, oh fuck, this movie is going to be fucking nuts. It, like it's the perfect tone setter for like the first encounter, you know? The entire time watching this movie, I thought that it was like, I'm like, am I watching a live action Dynasty Warriors? Oh yeah. You know? Because yeah. if you've ever played that video game, it's it's all centered around you being the samurai fighting off like hordes of people like armies essentially yeah. fighting off armies by yourself and this was exactly that yeah you know but it's kind of funny now that you say anime like i picture all the characters so differently like the guy with the burnt face mm -hmm. in the in like a cartoon version of it i would see him like looking at the girl kind of like swaying his like tongue yeah wagging out of his mouth with yeah. saliva just like lines oh my god anyway um, but I thought, you know, and then, of course, I think that it really knocked it out of the park and all of the sort of basic cinematic elements, like cinematography was pretty sick. There's some great framing and cool shots, like, yeah, sound was good. I, l I also really like that it starts, the movie opens, it's black and white. And when the, the way that the color cues in is like, you know, it's... It's when he it, becomes immortal. It's when he becomes immortal, but it's also kind of like his eyes maybe, be, you know, like it, it could be symbolic of more things because of the, the, the way that it goes down. Right. And it's just like, oh, cool. You know, yeah. like it's like cool the way that they did that. Um, so I'd say it's definitely worth checking out. Like there's a lot of, I don't know. It's, it's definitely weird, but if you are at all into sort of anime, manga, samurai film, Asian film, any of those things, you know, or even like kind of it's because it's creepy in a way, you know, like there's like a. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, one th other thing I did want to touch on that I really liked about it. Yeah. That I think is less about the movie and more about the story, no matter what format it's in. Is that. I love that it's all well, not all, but for the but is largely shades of gray. Like like the to me like for example like the idea the the villain yeah he wants to amalgamate he wants to make this all-powerful school that it does see things very black and white because right. it's winning at any cost no matter how low right like it's but the fact that he's going around being like we just want to unite all of these schools no matter yeah. the style you know and he doesn't he at least from what I watched, I haven't read the comic again. Like he, he, it's not like they're striking first necessarily. They're like going to these places being like, this is what we want to do. Yeah. And then all of the schools are like, no, fuck that. Like we, who, who the fuck do you think you are? And then as soon as they draw an attack, they just get completely massacred. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, but the way that they did it is that, and then even when, um, when, uh, Manji, that's the main guy's name, yeah. right? When he doesn't kill, the spiky haired dude yeah that like is that leaves him in the quicksand stabs him in the heart he like almost seemingly mortally wounds him but but leaves him alive and like asks his name like i feel like there's a lot of that sort of in the movie where it's a matter of perspective you know like it's like he even asks the girl he's like oh there's these samurai that killed your family like if they're samurai they wouldn't have just attacked first for no reason right and she doesn't really say anything because in that interaction they came in and they made their demands and said what they wanted to do, but they didn't just come in killing. Like they came in being like, here's what we propose. And yeah. Then, so and you find out later too, that the villain main villain has his own sort of agenda for this whole thing. Like there's a mm -hmm. reason why he's doing it. And you, it's almost, it's slightly sympathetic. You're mm -hmm. like, Oh, I see. 
Yeah, and I feel like there's there's a lot of that. There are a lot of evil characters that just seem evil. Yeah. Obviously, his quest is also to kill a thousand evil. But like, I like that. This comes up time and time again uh, on the show, and just like when we're chatting and just talking about nerdy shit on the like, I like. It's one of the things I love about Game of Thrones. You know, like Game of Thrones, what Martin does so masterfully and what they do so well in the show is they can, they really put it on you. <laughs> Like right. Jamie Lannister has done a bunch of heinous shit, but over the course of like seven seasons of a show or all the books, you know, your opinion changes on him depending on the context of the situation and how much you know about his life and what he's done. Right. Yeah. And who he's done it to. And I think that that's to me is always more interesting. It, sometimes it can be way more frustrating, you know, but like the sort of like life's not so so simple you know these sides like the the lines are very blurry and like you know depending on the context you may think this person is like diabolical based on what you see in this two these two scenes of the movie but as more is revealed you're like oh shit like maybe i'm rooting for the wrong guy yeah um and i think this movie as an extension of the comic does a good job of doing that in a like succinct in a way that's like movie length you know like it doesn't go way into it it's just kind of like oh these are the bad guys but like also, the main guy just has killed so many people, and like clearly, not all of those people are evil. You I know feel what I mean? Like Japanese cinema in general has a good way of, of or not a good way, but like tends to do that, where mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, everyone's kind of shit, you know? Like, yeah. it, not shit, but like, there's no pure good or pure evil. Like, even the good guys in stories who are trying to get their revenge or like whatever it is. Like they're still doing bad things. Yeah, and I, and it also it, they it's almost like that original sin thing I think in that sort of co- the samurai esque culture where it's almost like none of them start pure really. I feel like almost every samurai character, like the archetype of that, is yeah. like they're they're working their way back to to even from like right. You start at like a deficit of like honor or or <laughs> they're, like, they're like so to, pure yeah. that like they make one mistake and they just kill themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. so for, like uh, they, they're like so adamant or they like belief is so strong that they're mm-hmm. just like, oh, I did one bad thing. Like I don't deserve to live. This is crazy, man. Yeah. Anyway, definitely check it out. Shall we? I don't want to like talk too much about it more than we have because it's pretty sweet i think people should watch it yeah so let's move on to uh something else here and that's something else is jumanji welcome to the jungle uh it's interesting because before we get into what it's about and all that stuff although i don't even know if we need to cover that but we will uh i was talking to daryl today he was over uh, at my house and a uh, friend of the show, Daryl, he's been on several times. should listen to those episodes. But um, we we're talking about Jumanji and he's like, is that the uh, you got to love it for this week? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, but and I'm like, I know what you're going to say. But the only people who know who are going to know this movie isn't terrible are the people who've seen it, which it's is going to which is not going to be most people. Right. Like, yeah. you hear about it. We I'm sure perfect we example. both perfect example of a. We walked into this being like, oh, this, there's no way this can be good. Yeah. You know? And uh, anyway, we'll get into what our thoughts in a second. But the movie it essentially is a sequel to uh, the Robin Williams vehicle Jumanji. Um, this time, the board game. Actually, I found it kind of funny. The beginning of the movie, 
uh, is a this kid finds this board game and he's just like, who plays board games anymore? And just like shoves it in the uh, corner. His dad finds it and brings it home for him. Right. Like, check out this cool board game I found. And he's just like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, but like, he doesn't say that, but you, yeah. That kind of reminds me of like the Steve Buscemi meme where he's just like, hey, fellow kids or whatever, you know, and he's whatever. Like the movies. That or part of the movie seems, seems so off base because like, I'm just am like I that out of touch. People, no, people no, like children. board games. Yeah. You know, like the fact that snakes and lattes is always full of people mm-hmm. like kids do like board games. So it's weird to see like it's however. Yeah. That does. That is 1996. When they scoff at the board game. Yeah. Oh, right. And video games have just started to take off, right, like cartridge it, games. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. That's so. So it's debatable that like. No, no. I, at that point, like people were playing Dream Phone or something. Like <laughs> board games weren't very good. <laughs> no, I guess that makes more sense. I yeah. f- for, for some reason, when I replay the movie in my head, it's like all present. But yeah, yeah. So, anyways, the kid shoves the board game aside, and the board game Jumanji is like, no. Also, weird Colin Hanks like cameo basically eh? yeah well yeah actually <laughs> i mean anyway yeah uh and, and it it morphs itself into a video game cartridge yeah that the kid then plays and gets sucked into the game which is cool and then it, it hints at a more sinister which i think is present in the first one too you know yeah like the bo- board game has a mind of its own yeah it wants to be played or whatever yeah. um and then years later, in a sort of Power Rangers the movie 2017-esque fashion, a bunch of ragtag school uh, tr- like student tropes find themselves in detention for various reasons, having to clean out a storage closet where they find the video game and start playing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a very Breakfast Club-esque situation. But like <clears throat> all of these silly things in the beginning aside... I really like the movie, and they. Well, anyway, so these kids play the video game, they get sucked in. But all yeah. these things is like aside that I'm like sort of picking apart. This movie was easy to love. Yeah, they like. Agree. Even I think that the fact that the students were these sort of like uh, overblown, stereotypical versions of like the jock, the nerd, the whatever, it lent itself really well to the movie because when they get sucked into the video games. Those same high school students get played by Kevin Hart, The Rock. Um, I don't know the other two in the movie. Jack Black. Oh, right. I can't. The girl Kevin is Hart, like. Oh, Jack Black. Yeah. Uh, right, 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 right. Um, but they have to play up the the high school student sort of personalities. Personality, yeah. And it, when you see it in the preview and you're just thinking about it, you're like, oh, that sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. But it's actually not horrible. No. And. I, you know, I honestly think they're probably not going to get as much credit as they maybe deserve because I think they do a good job of doing it without being too over the top. It would have been really easy for it to be way over the top. And they use a lot of the punchliney moments in the trailer. But when you see the movie, there's lots of just regular conversation. Yeah. And even the way they move. Like, they ch- like I've seen The Rock in a lot of movies. And he there's a switch that he has because one of his characters, the video game character that he is, tra- you know, like the smolder where he like is yeah. kind of making fun of himself even. Yeah. Cause that's like a, it's like a yeah. fast and furious rock type. Yeah. Where, like, 
he he's like got that look. yeah it's certain things he says he just like kind of his body language changes but like for the most part they played into their you know in some cases their gender was like you know jack black is a character being played by a girl yeah and anyway it was it was good i i really i did enjoy it and it was uh very on the nose in terms of the message that it was delivering, but it was done right. in a way that was, you know, I don't know, maybe not refreshing, but just like, it wasn't boring to me. Like yeah. I wasn't like, I knew, I knew what to expect, you know, this is how it's going to play out in the end. But like, it was cool. There was also actors in it that I didn't realize were in it. Like Bobby Cannavale. I didn't know was the, yeah, was yeah. like the villain. the villain. Uh, what's his name? The, uh, New Zealand, uh, the guy that's the guide. Oh, Reese Darby. Yeah. This yeah. is just like, there's a couple characters. Where I was like, oh, cool. It just like, they just kind of pop in. And uh, oh, I think he's was, an NPC. It was decidedly <laughs> different too from the challenges of the first game. You know, like the, in terms yeah. of just like, what, like. But it wasn't, in the, in the first one, they're like taking turns trying to finish the game mm-hmm. while crazy shit is going on around them. Except, yeah, and t- increasingly crazy stuff. Right. This is like progressing through a video game. Yeah, in this, they are in the game. They're not yeah. playing the game. And it, it's not as if the, the rest of the crazy stuff going on around them is trying to stop them f- from playing the game. It's, it is the game itself. Yeah. You know? And there's some like, you know, you can tell there's maybe like some Far Cry-esque moments where they're trying to break into that. Yeah. Whatever in the middle of nowhere. And What are you doing all the way out here alone? Late little lady, and then just like keep saying the same thing. Yeah, uh, I did like. I think that one of the other things was that I went. I mostly went in this movie expecting it to be maybe just the tone of family movies is really changing mm-hmm. post internet. But I feel like uh, I went into it expecting it to be really PG. Right. But there's some pretty crazy shit that happens in this movie. Like right out of the gate, somebody gets mauled to death by a hippo. Yeah like killed but because they're in a video game and they have lives yeah. quote air quotes lives like it kind of makes that less the stakes don't get high until somebody's down to one life but there's like violent things that happen to people like yeah. people get like fucked up um but yeah i don't know man it was it was like the sets the costume the production value is high it was like you know very lush viewing experience it was funny watching that particular group of actors i liked that Kevin Hart was like was still very much Kevin Hart, but it was like low key Kevin Hart, maybe more low key than I've seen him in any movie. Yeah, you know, he still had his like outburst moments, but there's lots of normal conversation, which I feel like I've almost never seen before from him. Right, <laughs> and it was kind of like I know that that's his shtick, and I know that obviously thousands, ugh, fucking hundreds of millions of people love that. Yeah, the same way that people like martin lawrence or they like you know whoever it may be but uh it was good there was some like down-to-earth conversations between him and his buddy and like the like i don't know it was good and the other thing that i thought was funny is that uh perhaps the most telling turn off shot itself in the foot people are passing judgment of this movie is i remember when they first revealed first like you know here's the first shot of the new jumanji and it was like the four of them in the jungle like the cast immediately people losing their minds about the fact that the only woman in the gr- in the group was like this like 
curvaceous, you know, stereotype of like a hot woman wearing like a midriff, her midriffs exposed, like completely unsuitable for like jungle, but like it made no sense. Right. And there was sort of this controvert, this like blip where people were like, this is fucking ridiculous. It's another example of, you know, people just basically just uh, outrage, immediate outrage. Yeah. But now having seen the movie, that's very much part of the commentary of right. the movie because they're, they're addressing the outrage. Yeah. They're addressing the fact that like at this time in the mid nineties, video games, you know, which very much catered to largely teenage boys. Yeah. But it was like, that was the thing like comic book characters, you know, cartoon characters, video game characters. It was like a guy, a big buff Superman built guy in armor. Right. And then like a woman wearing like sexy armor. Who's not, like kind of and like they cut the comes up several times in the movie like right you know like it's like she's just like why like what why am i wearing that she talks about how uncomfortable it is to be um and it also ties into the fact that her character in real life is sort of like the self-conscious you know she, eh, anyway it, it it makes sense in the context of the film if you actually see it yeah. if you actually watch the movie that this is the one of the instances where it completely has this sort of like meta, like full circle. What people are angry about is kind of the whole point of that. Like that they're like, right. yeah, no kidding. Um, so yeah, anyway, I don't know, man. It was, it was, it was pretty fun. Yeah. I think, uh, you know what though? I, maybe part of this is that we are, I don't want to say older, but slightly old enough that we're not overly nostalgic about, Jumanji like we can we're still slightly nostalgic it is something that kind of came out when we were younger but it's not for us it's not uh I'm trying to think of like what a movie might have been in that era that wasn't like say Star Wars or something because that just has its own brand of fervor about it but like uh I don't know what's some of your favorite movies from the 90s look okay let's 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 say that if they remade the tv show Saved by the Bell Right or Fresh Prince or something, mm-hmm. um, and with like whoever in the in the starring role, and it's like, I what well, I don't know, you know, he goes to move in with Justin Bieber or something, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, is what are you this? doing? You know, off limits. <laughs> You've ruined everything. Maybe maybe like Jurassic Park. Well, okay, whatever. <laughs> but but I I think that there might be some people that are just like, you're raping my childhood. Right. And for me, like, I, I don't have that s- same sort of strong attachment to this movie. So it allowed me to just watch this sequel years later and just be like, oh, yeah, like not bad. Yeah. Whereas, like, somebody could be watching this movie with such a strong attachment to Jumanji. They're just like, no, fuck this. This isn't Jumanji. This isn't Jumanji. This isn't my Jumanji. You know, yeah. I also but it's cool that I think one of the other things that they very deftly sidestepped was it's definitely not a remake. It's clearly not a remake. Initially, I think when they announced it, people thought they were doing a remake of Jumanji with The Rock and stuff. And they're like, this doesn't make sense. But it's it's very obviously a sequel. Yeah. It like directly connect. Like there's probably even Easter eggs in this movie that I didn't pick up on because I haven't watched the original in a while that are like calling attention to things from the first movie. Yeah. Because like it opens and the original Jumanji is in it. Like the board game. Yeah. Like, the exact same might it, for all we know, it's like the same set piece. Like they just have the board game, and it's like it decides it needs to change with the times, which is like the whole point of the 
Yeah. I don't know. There's a bunch back, of back a to bunch the of funny back to like, the meta thing. Yeah, there's a right? bunch of funny like yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, it was definitely crafted with some intelligence, which is surprising because walking into it, you think like this movie's gonna be horrible and unintelligent, just because like I don't know. Uh, to me, not that I don't like Kevin Hart, I, like he's okay sometimes, but yeah. like he's in the same wheelhouse for me as like a Kevin James, let's just say, or just, uh, small doses. Or he's like hilarious a, and forty-year-old virgin. For Melissa example. McCarthy, you know, like I, yeah. I, I'm not shit talking any of these people. Yeah, I'm just like when I see them in a movie, I'm like, oh, there's a good chance this movie's just not going to be for me. Yeah. But I was I was wrong on that one for this. Like yeah. I, I liked it. Yeah, it's good. It, Kevin Hart, I remember like when he's in the in Forty Year Old Virgin as the guy that comes in, he's like, I'm gonna need the extended warranty for the price of, on the house. And yeah. It's like oh, and then they get in that argument, and it's like his character in that so minor, but he kind of in in a lot of those Apatow movies or whatever, he just kind of was like there, you know, yeah. like isn't he also in undeclared no maybe not i'm thinking of the wrong thing but he wasn't he in one of the tv shows as like a minor recurring character this was like before he i don't think so no i don't know though i had it's been Whatever. a while I, since yeah I, I, but anyway kevin hart like i yeah not not uh i'm not shitting on kevin hart you know yeah i can get them checks man i just like yeah he i find him funny but in very specific instances in very small doses but right. uh in this movie it was fine because he he reined himself in. Like there was moments that were like more subtle, subtly delivered Kevin Hart comedy. Yeah. If that makes sense, if you I, can picture that, I kind of want to watch the movie again. His, his comments. There's lots of comments where he wasn't like Wah! like dominating. He was yeah. just in the background. Like somebody would say something, and he'd just be like, "Yeah, Kate makes me explode." For example, yeah. you know, just like things like that. And you're like, uh. <laughs> I I, I want to see it again just to see the teenager that Kevin Hart is portraying. If that teenager is like attempting to do a bit of a kevin hart impression like you know if, if he's playing up his like kevin hardiness <laughs> in the beginning of the movie or not because i'd be I'd, I'd be pretty curious to see you know kind of like in the same way that they try and make joseph gordon levitt look like bruce willis bruce willis and looper like if the, if the like director was just like yo just step up the like uh, like bruce willisness yeah like I'm trying to ascribe a certain thing to Kevin Hart, but I can't. I can't think of what it would be. Just like more wackiness, more energy. Yeah, I, I need more energy and more wackiness out of you, teenager. You know. I liked. Uh, there was a little bit of like a Rama one half sort of anime gender change thing happening, and there's that whole joke sequence where. The girl who is in Jack Black's body is like, I have to pee. And I, she'd been like, she's like, I've been holding it. Like, I've been dreading this moment. Yeah. Like, I'm afraid to do it. And then I didn't, I thought that's where that joke would end. But then yeah. there's like a full scene where it's like them trying to tell her how to use a penis to pee. And yeah. she's like losing her mind. She's just like, whoa. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then later she gets a, he gets a, he gets a boner, which you don't see. It's off camera, but it clearly, and she's just like, these things are crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. There's anyway, definitely there, funny yeah, moments. There, it had its, it had its, it had its moments for sure. Recommendations? Yeah, yeah. Now's a good time for recommendations. I think uh, my recommendation this week is a series of books I've been reading. I think there's like nine of them now, maybe, maybe even more. I've only read. I'm in the middle of the second book. Mm -hmm. 
it's not a uh, high fantasy, so to speak. Like, you know, it's not Game of Thrones or The Expanse or some of this other stuff. But it's definitely a fun read. And it's kind of one of these things that like, you Probably know, you're on it. vacation or oh, yeah. whatever. You just want to like take in this stuff. It's called The Dresden Files. And it is like a modern day sort of noir. The guy's a private detective. But he is also a wizard. Uh, but everything else is as it is. So essentially in this world, wizards and magic and imps and all these things exist, but nobody believes they exist. Is it present day? Yeah. Oh, okay. Nope. It's like kind of like a Neil game in China Melville type thing. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Nobody believes, like, if I told you there were werewolves or vampires, they'd be like, no. And all of these magical forces have kind of conspired together at least there's like a, a like a small pact that like you don't expose yourself to the world at large or Fables. the world keep listing things like this right yeah. or the world at large will like d- destroy you essentially like even though they're simple humans like there's so many of them that they'll overtake you if you expose yourself essentially <clears throat> but he's just like now nah, fuck it i'm a wizard and I'm a private detective, like he has on his door, like wizard for hire. And, and he, the book opens with him, like, you know, a mailman knocks on the door and is like a package for you. And he signs for it. And the guy's like, Hey, what's with the, what's the wizard thing? And I was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a wizard. <laughs> he's just like, nah, look, come on. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm a, I'm a wizard, you know? And there's just all this, that sort of interplay going on. He's also got a friend who's a cop who is in special investigations. And I'm using air quotes because it is the uh, division of the precinct that ends up getting all the cases that are unexplainable. And for some reason, uh, you know, she's supposed to be the cop is being punished for, you know, speaking up against the station captain or whatever. So she gets put in this thing but she's solving all these cases because she has his help and believes that he's a wizard yeah when no one else does and so it's just like him going through this like no all, all these noir style adventures with like mobsters and whatever but there's also like a supernatural element to it and he's like making potions and stuff it's pretty good i liked uh i liked gross point blank how uh martin blank kept everybody in that movie would be like oh what do you what have you been doing since high school he's yeah. just like so honest about it. he's like ran away joined the army uh, started killing for the government. I'm a contract killer. Yeah. And people are just like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, man. And then, like, at, there's a point in the movie where people are like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, I want to see that Barry show, but the yeah. like, assassin who yeah, so do finds I. a passion for acting or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, but it, it sounds good. This ha- It has that same sort of tone. Like, yeah, it, it's light like and that. somewhat comedic, but also. There's like serious events that happen in the books. Mm. Um, it's good. Cool, man. It's good. Um, my recommendation is uh, not really a hidden gem. Well, maybe kind of a hidden gem. A lot of people I've talked to actually don't really know much about it. I saw The Quiet Place recently. That's a good one. It was almost going to be mine. Um, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't even want to say anything about it other than this. I would recommend... I do think it's cool to see in theaters. I don't think it's crucial. However, if you do choose to see this movie in theaters, do not see it on a night where 
there will be, it will be busy. Do not see it on a night like on cheap Tuesdays, for example. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like universal. If you're in Toronto or Canada or whatever, and you want to go to Cineplex for cheap Tuesdays, do not see this movie because it's a movie that requires a lot requires of requires silence. silence and requires people who are like invested in enjoying the movie in a way that isn't just like. I don't give a fuck about everybody else around me and I'm going to eat three bags of popcorn as loud as I can or be drunk and make a lot of noise because yeah. it very easily... We had like the worst theater, but it's st- I still love the movie. Oh, when I saw it, I saw it at the Beaches Cinema. Of course My favorite. I, that's, <laughs> I, I, that's what I said to I said to Amanda, Yeah. Uh, who has also been on the show, friend of the podcast, yeah. Amanda. Uh, Amanda Graham. That's sweet. Both Daryl and Amanda came up in this episode. Yeah. Guys. Uh, I told her, I was like, you should see it, but see it at, go on like a Thursday afternoon, take off the afternoon from work and see it at like the beaches yeah. cinema, you know? So like the- <laughs> I saw it there and it, there was enough people there. Like it wasn't full by any stretch of the imagination, but like, I don't know, this is like maybe 30 of us or something. Mm-hmm. And you could tell there was like a, a tenseness about the audience, not just because the movie's super tense, but like somebody would kind of clear their throat, but then like kind of stifle it back. Yeah. Because they're like, uh, I'm like fucking this up. Yeah, you know? I don't want to annoy it. There was, uh, there was a number of people in my theater that just didn't give a shit. There was a group of like four kids that came in like five, five, ten minutes in. Yeah. Clearly drunk with beers because the entire theaters are licensed now, just being like, <laughs> like telling each other to be quiet. Yeah. And then somebody in the somebody in the theater just goes, "Hey!" Just like like yells at them, and yeah. they like they're silent. Everybody in the theater is silent for a minute, but then people start laughing a little bit at like how that happened. Yeah. That was like the whole viewing experience from beginning to to end. Oh my god! But uh, yeah, again, I, short of the the experience itself and 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 giving you advice on how you should take this movie in, I'm not going to say anything because I think going into it knowing as little as possible is very very great. Yeah, I got some problems with it. I'll be honest with you. I got some problems with it, but as a taken from a, like a viewing experience, so great. Just so great. Like mm-hmm. there's just a feeling of while you're watching it, don't think about what they could have done mm-hmm. or how you would react in that situation. And well, partly, I mean the family stuff, you definitely think about how you would react in that situation, but like just accept their situation and where they are for what it is. Mm-hmm. And then just, ride it because then you're just like oh fuck yeah what's gonna happen like you're kind of holding your breath because you don't want to make any sound yeah you know it's cool it's great yeah the way sound is used too in the film is fantastic i honestly hope that this brings on a renaissance of horror thriller movies you know like yeah like there was how about original original yeah like yeah properties in like the mid to late 90s i would say there was like a second not renaissance but like horror movies were popular again Mm -hmm. and they were doing remakes and whatever, but it was fine. Like scream and some of these other movies brought about like the teen horror genre again, Mm -hmm. you know, I know you did last summer or whatever it was and whatever you think of those movies, like it's just nice that, that, um, it's back again. You know, I want, I want get out and this movie to spearhead the like arty horror Mm -hmm. movie, you know, I'd like to see that become a thing. Well, that, that hereditary movie looks pretty fucking... I have no idea what that is. Oof. It was the trailer for Quiet Place. It's being okay. heralded as like a this generation's exorcist type thing. And I was like, oh, that's bold. But then I watched the trailer and I was like... Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think in the coming weeks we have a... Um, 
record store day wrap up episode. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and an all virtual everything episode. So we're gonna delve into the world of virtual reality. Andrews is gonna get his virtual dick sucked. No, I'm just kidding. Or maybe. <laughs> or am I? <laughs> I mean, uh, virtual reality is a crazy I place. Mean, Maybe we'll get some. We're we'll, we'll getting into some teledonics. You know what that is? Uh, I feel like you've mentioned it to me before. <laughs> I probably have. It's virtual. It's like virtual sex toys or whatever. Uh, Apparently, <laughs> you can get like sex toys that sync up with the porn videos you watch, which is like fucking crazy. That's the world we live in now. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the world we live in. I'm tired. I can't. Yeah. I don't even know. It's. You're right. You're right. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that'll be an episode. And hopefully the next time we record, the Raptors have gotten out of the series with Washington. You'll know. Well, one way or the other, they'll have gotten out of it. Yeah. Got out and out of it by proceeding to the next round of the playoffs. I, you'll know immediately by the tone of my voice. If you listen to our next week's podcast, where we're at. The next round of the playoffs or the first hole of golf. Anyway. Until next time, guys, keep loving it. Let's go, Raptors.